COVID vaccines are dividing family members just in time for Thanksgiving. And rock and roll deviants have become heroes of the unconstitutional vaccine mandates. Plus, the ruling class gathered in Glasgow, Scotland, to formulate plans to acquire more power and disrupt more of your life. Our government loves to scare us to death, but then distracts us with free money. Lots and lots to discuss. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End, on Tim Hatch Live. Welcome, everybody, Tuesday night, 7.30. It's the deep end, and I'm so glad that you are here. And tonight we have so much to talk about, but I want to open up by saying, did you like last week when we talked about the inflation stuff and how to navigate through? Would you let me know in the comments? Do you like that? Did that help? Was that a benefit to you? Uh, did you share it with someone? Because if not, I'd love it if you would share the content with someone that you know and care about. Because here's the deal. Next week, I want to do something for you again on the financial uh, side of things. I'm a big believer in that the scriptures teach us a lot about how to handle money. In fact, most of Jesus' teaching, over 50% of Jesus' teaching, was about money and possessions because he knew they would have a stranglehold on our hearts. And as a pastor, I have a heart for that in the heart of God, in, in, the, in the life of God's people. So next week, I want to do something on retirement with one of my good friends and one of my elders from my church, Doug White, who is a retirement investment specialist. And I want to do a segment called the top 10 mistakes people are making about retirement. They are from him. I asked him to give them to me, but I didn't want to just leap into it this week. I wanted to give you guys a chance to tune in and get hyped up about it next week. And maybe you know somebody who needs to hear the content. Tune in next week for the top 10 mistakes people are making about retirement. And then a question and answer probably live again. And I think it's perfect because it's right before uh, Thanksgiving, which is right before uh, Black Friday, which is right before overspending on the holidays. And what a better what better time to talk about not overspending, but thinking long-term about your life and retirement than next Tuesday night. So join me next Tuesday night as we talk about retirement with my friend Doug White. Would you like that content? Let me know in the comments below. Did you appreciate last, week comments, last week's content? Let me know in the content below. Lots to talk about, though, tonight on Season 5, Episode 9 of The Deep End. I've been saying this for a while now, and it's the reality of the, of the times we live in. There is a pandemic within the pandemic, and the pandemic within the COVID pandemic is a pandemic of division. Have you, this is the question for you guys tonight, have you lost a loved one or, uh, I mean, a close relationship at least with someone that you love uh, because of the pandemic and because of the politicization of the pandemic? That's, that's my question uh, tonight. So have you lost someone close to you? Have you lost a close relationship because of all the politicization of the pandemic. Uh, I know that in my church that I pastor, we've lost about 30% of those people who were part of us before the pandemic. About 30%. Some are still trickling in from the pre-pandemic days, but a lot of people left. And yet the funny thing is, is that the offerings have never been higher in our church, which tells me everything that I need to know about those who left. <laughs> but there is a growing divisive culture today unfortunately, in our, in our world. And it reminds me of the scriptures, Proverbs 6, 19, I'm sorry, 6, 16 to 19 says this, there are six things that the Lord hates. Okay, six things that the Lord hates. And, and the seventh one, it says here, is an abomination to him. What are those six things? Well, it says it there, uh, haughty eyes, so pride, a lying tongue, 
Okay, so lies, of course. Hands that shed innocent blood. You could say abortion. I don't think there's any more innocent blood than the unborn. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. One who what? Look at it again. Sows discord. Brings division between brothers, between family members. God hates division. Let me say it again. Actually, no, 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 no. Let me not say that. Let me say what the text actually says. I'm going to put it back up just so we're clear. It says that God hates the one who show who sows division, the one who divides family members. And you're probably saying, I thought God loved everyone. Well, evidently the Bible doesn't say that. I know God genu- generally loves the world, but there are people that divide and, and, and sow discord that God hates. God hates. God is after those people. Because you know what? Discord brings exactly what the enemy wants for your life, which is isolation. If the devil can divide you, he can isolate you, and you versus the devil on your own is a losing battle. You need a brother in arms, a sister in arms to fight with you, pray with you, right? Go to battle with you in the spiritual realm. And listen, guys, I I have friends who are on the opposite side of me about a lot of the issues of division in our country. Politics, who should be president, who should be elected, uh, the vaccine mandates, the, the veracity of the vaccine. You know, I got people that I'm related to, that I'm friends with, and we are in disagreement about these things, but we have held on to our relationships. And it's amazing to me, though, that the people that I know that have cut off relationships are the people who are on the side of pro-vaccines, pro-vaccine mandates, um, you know, the people who are pro all the stuff that we kind of like had to go through this last year about the government becoming more and more intrusive in our lives. And it's kind of funny that the ones who cut people off are many times the ones who were tied in with those who claim to be so tolerant and loving and caring about people. Uh, So we got to get to a conversation about this because you're being programmed by those in charge. They are the ones sowing discord among us. Let's get into a a segment of the deep end that I, I love. It's called the deep end commentary. When you don't know what to do. So the deep end commentary tonight is the divide and conquer circus. And I was watching, uh, scrolling my social media feed, and I, I landed upon this excellent video by a comedian named Jim Brewer. And I watched the video, and now he has me looking up ticket prices for one of his local shows in my area. I won't play the video because I fear copyright infringement, but he talks about two things that I refused to comment about on this show, which I I believe they're somewhat important, but I didn't want to talk about them because they're flooding my Twitter social media feed, and I just didn't want to talk about them because they're kind of divisive. Those two issues are Kyle Rittenhouse and his innocence or guilt, and Aaron Rodgers uh, feigning that he was vaccinated and then (laughs) getting COVID and saying he wasn't vaccinated, but he took ivermectin because of Joe Rogan. 
Th so these two issues flooded my social media, still are, flooding my social media feed, and I didn't want to talk about them. And, and Jim does a fantastic job here in this video. Look it up. This is from BitChute, but I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on Twitter. You can check it out. And he goes off on those two issues and calls them exactly what they are. They are the circus meant to distract us while the government continually does things that will ultimately probably hurt us, at least limit our freedoms. You know, it really is. There, there's, a, there's a spirit of the age, guys, at work that is trying to divide father from mother, sister from brother, friend from friend. And you got to be on your guard about this. And here's my admonition to you. Watch out what you feel the need to opine on and pay attention to the things that matter for you and your family. Like we talked about last week, inflation, that matters for you and your family. We've got to talk about that. But Kyle Rittenhouse's guilt or innocence, whether he's guilty or innocent in the, in, in the jury's opinion, is not going to really affect your life that much. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, not going to affect your life that much. And so Jim uh, Brewer closes out that video by saying this wonderful line. He says, turn the circus off, or at least know you're watching one. Turn the circus off, or at least know you're watching one. So good. Because... The divisive issues of art. Not everything has to be something that we opine. Even on the deep end, I could talk about all these things. We don't want to talk about everything. I want to talk about things that matter. And I want to talk about things that matter that actually apply to your faith, right? So here's an, here's an example. A, a, rec a recent report out of OnePoll.us took a survey of 2,000 Americans and found out that nearly two-thirds of vaccinated Americans are planning to ban unvaccinated family members from their holiday gatherings this year. So 67% say they cannot go home for the holidays without being vaccinated first. And six in 10 have cut off, these are vaccinated people, have cut off unvaccinated family members from their life. This matters. This I will opine on. Do you know why? Because you need family. You need friends. You need community. And we're letting this virus and now the vaccine further divide us and imagine just telling your family member that because you didn't get a shot that so far according to the facts according to the cdc so far the shot number one won't stop you from getting the virus number two won't stop you from spreading the virus and number three only might alleviate hospitalization in some cases while carrying all kinds of potential side effects like myocarditis and other problems with inflammation of the heart so you didn't get that shot and i'm cutting you off as a family member in a time in which loneliness and isolation are already at all-time highs in our uh western context M mind you a shot for a virus that has a 99.7 percent recovery rate the pandemic within the pandemic continues to be division and I want to give you another example. This from the rock and roller Gene Simmons from KISS. He says, to the vax, uh, anti-vaxxers or unvaccinated, quote, you are the enemy. <laughs> this is Gene Simmons. So he said these words literally, you are not allowed to infect anybody just because you think you've got rights that are delusional. So he's picking out the anti-vaxxers or the unvaxxed here. And you'll probably notice that I have not revealed on this show whether I am vaccinated or not because it's my business not yours and i've already, i have revealed that i'm not anti-vax either i've got many vaccines in my body 
I'm pro-vaccine. I think that we should work toward vaccines, and I'm good. I'm good with the government coming up and and the, and the and the pharmaceutical companies coming up with a vaccine for COVID. I think this is good. I'd like it to work a lot better and not have so many side effects. To be honest with you, but I would also like it not to be mandated by our federal government when it is at this point what seven months, eight months, eleven months, eleven months, eleven months old. So. This is kind of rich coming from Gene Simmons. You're the enemy if you're an anti-vaxxer or unvaccinated because you don't have the right to infect anybody just because you think that you've, you, you've got freedom. You're delusional. This comes from a sexual deviant who bragged about having fornicated with over 5,000 women and says he has the Polaroid pictures to prove it. Ladies and gentlemen, sex outside of marriage with multiple partners is a land, is a minefield for STDs and other potential side effects, most notably children born out of wedlock that who knows what happened to them, whether they were aborted or raised without a father. Probably how many women committed adultery with him and he with them. I wonder how many of these women are walking around with the side effects of his sexual proclivities. And here he is lecturing us about, about being delusional with our freedoms. This is, this is why I refuse to listen to the people who want to lecture the anti-vaxxers or the vax doubters about their rights. Because many times it comes from the people who exploit their rights in the, world, in the realm of abortion and sexual deviancy and, and other forms of outrageous behavior. This is, this is also pointing to another reality of our world, which is you're going to have enemies dear Christian in this world, can you just make sure that you've got the right ones? <laughs> like I just had this thought when I heard Gene Simmons said the first thing I did and I actually tweeted out, it's important in life to have the right enemies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the words of Winston Churchill, you have enemies, good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. Yeah, exactly. Like Luke chapter 6, 26 has always been a great be, um, blessing to my life where Jesus says, woe to you when all people speak well of you for in the same way their fathers did to the false prophets. In other words, I love to translate Luke 26, 26 like this. If everybody likes you, you're probably not following Jesus because the false prophets in Jesus in, in Jeremiah's day and Isaiah's day, they were loved by everybody. But the ones who were outcast, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, and others, those who were hated in their day are now honored in our day. You know, it's like this. You, you picture the entire world's population, this, the, the world's, and by that I mean those without Jesus. Christians, listen. Those without Christian, Jesus are like a crowd of people stampeding toward the edge of a cliff. And to run the other way, on, on the, as you run opposite them, they may call you and may, may say you look insane. But in the end, you're the one that's probably going to be standing. My, my point is that when we look to rock and roll deviants, sexual deviants, because there's rock and roll is cool, but the sexual deviants who brag about sex with 5,000 partners. And these are now heralded as the ambassadors of truth and normalcy. It's the circus. And I'm here to call it for what it is. And on the deep end commentary, I'm also here to give you pastoral guidance on these issues. And I want to say something that might shock you about the divisive nature of our world. Here's the cold, hard truth about division. Are you ready? Because division is actually godly. Yep. Human division is actually God's idea. 
It's just, what are we dividing about? So let me say this. God is the only one who righteously divides humanity. God is the only one who righteously divides humanity. Jesus said this very famously in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He said, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A person's enemies will be the members of his own house. Whoever loves his father, mother more than me, not worthy of me. Son and daughter more than me, not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There is such a thing as godly division. That is that in a world that is completely against God, when we choose to follow him and choose the Lord Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, not that we choose him, he chooses us. There is going to be a division in our lives from friends and family members because when we are saved by him, we are no longer members of this culture. We are members of the eternal family of God. God is the only one who righteously divides humanity. I'll share you another verse. Matthew 25, 31, there's going to be a great division at the end of the time. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, when he sits on his glorious throne, before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another. Separation. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, right? And it says that he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And he will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed, who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the passage goes on about the, the sheep are the ones who cared for the poor and the sick and the indigent and the imprisoned and, and fed the hungry and clothed the naked. And, and they're going to say, when did we ever do that? He goes, whatever you did that to the least of these, you did that to me. In other words, the, the people who are members of the, of the righteous kingdom of God are the ones who put their faith into action and serve those who need it. That's the division that God's going to bring about upon, upon the face of the earth and upon the human race. I, I just, I just I think about this. It, it's time to ignore the circus divisive policies and dig deeper into the scriptures about the truth that God's revealed in Jesus. Mind you, Christian, there will be division in your life because of the cause of Christ. Just make sure it's not on the silly, divisive circus act of our political ideologies, and it is on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which reminds me to tell you about the deep dive tomorrow which is happening every Wednesday night. And a lot of people are loving it. We're going through the book of Romans. And this week in the book of Romans, Romans chapter five, we talk about how to find the peace that this world cannot offer you. Now, I'm sure you think, oh my gosh, it's already highlighting tomorrow's episode. The episode must be over. <laughs> no, Fred, it's just getting started. Let's go to Deep End News. Deep End News. News and views that don't make us news. So I'm humbled to say this, but President Joe Biden has totally backed up your humble correspondent on the deep end this past week. Remember last week on Deep End News when I shared this, that when the money when the government gives you free money and people quit over these vaccine mandates, it creates a labor shortage that increases, that it creates a supply problem, which creates a higher prices for goods problem. And usually those higher prices are on basic needs like gasoline, where I saw yesterday with $7 a gallon in California. What are those people doing, for heaven's sakes? And when the basic needs prices goes up, guess who suffers the most? The poor. The poor suffer the most when basic needs prices go up. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. 
but Joe Biden agrees with me 100%. (laughs) From Yahoo News, they reported this. Biden administration admitting and undermining his own administration by expressing shock at gas prices. Quote, did you ever think you'd pay so much for gas? He literally said that this week. He literally said what I said to you guys last week, that when the government gives you money, prices go up. Watch this. And the irony is people have more money now because of the first major piece of legislation I passed. Y'all got checks for $1,400. You got checks for a whole range of things. If you're a mom and you have kids under the age of seven, you're getting 300 bucks a month. And if it's over, over seven to 17, you're getting $360 a month. Like wealthy people used to do when they get back tax returns. It changed people's lives. But what happens if there's nothing to buy, you got more money, you compete for getting it there, it creates a real problem. So on the one hand, we're facing new disruptions to our supplies. At the same time, we're also experiencing higher demand for goods because wages are up mm-hmm. as well as as well as people have money in the bank. From where? And because of the strength of our economic recovery, American families have been able to buy more products. Well, with more people with money buying product and less product to buy, uh-huh. what happens? What happens? The supply chain's the reason, and the answer is you guys. I'll get to that in a minute, but what happens? Prices go up. <laughs> he literally repeated what I said last week. I, I'm honored. I'm humbled, and I'm honored. Thank you, Mr. President, for backing me up 100% from last week. You see, what's going on here is the government, and this administration at least, is literally trying to buy your distraction. The distraction of... Uh, silly divisive circus act politics stuff and free money this this it reminds me of something it reminds me of, i was going to go to this later but i'm going to go to it now it reminds me of a great scene in the in the movie gladiator where uh emperor commodus is has just initiated or reinitiated the gladiator games you ever see this movie it's a fantastic movie with russell crowe and two senators are talking about the fact that his answer to rome's problems is games and these two senators uh gracchus and falco uh gracchus says fear and wonder are a powerful combination to which falco senator falco says you really think that people are going to be seduced by that the games and the distraction and gracchus responds i think he knows what rome is rome is the mob conjure magic for them and they'll be distracted take away their freedom and they'll still roar the beating heart of Rome is not the marble of the Senate. It's the sand of the Colosseum. He'll bring them death and they'll love him for it. You know what? Replace death with m- free money <laughs> and you've got the modern issue we're going through right now with inflation and with the problems of our culture. But again, Biden totally backed me up and it's not looking good for him even as he gives us free money because his job approval has fallen off a cliff. He's now at, this says 41%. I read, an, I read one poll that said 38%. And interestingly, he is at the same number, percentage-wise of approval, that Trump was at this point in his presidency. Think about that. The last two presidents, back-to-back presidents that we've elected, have both plummeted in approval in a matter of months from their, from their uh, inauguration. Now, this either means that we Americans literally suck at picking presidents, or we are so fussy that no one can satisfy us anymore. Anyway, I digress. I don't know if I can say that Biden is failing at all. I think he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's distracting you from the fact that government is doing something far more problematic for you. 
it's reaching into your life further and further. And the problem with governments is they never give up power and they can never give up money. And the more we just let this happen, the more we're going to suffer for it in the long run. Like gas prices. So his press secretary, Jen Psaki, was asked about the rising gas prices. And she said this, our view is that the rise of gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down on our investment on, and focus on clean energy options. Now, this also brings up another issue that we need to be aware of. And I want to bring truth to this issue. I don't want to just opine on politics. I want to bring truth to something. Because what she's talking about is that we need to focus on clean energy. Which, which fine, that's fine. We should focus on clean energy. But manipulating gas prices or at least kind of celebrating or not celebrating, but being okay with poor people suffering because they can't pay for gas is okay because we want to make sure that people have a more you know vested interest in us investing in clean energy options. Why? Because why? <laughs> because of the, the global climate crisis. Now she said this while the global COP26 climate summit was happening in Glasgow, Scotland last week. I don't know if you tuned in any of that stuff. I hope you ignored it like you should. But this is the biannual event where millionaires fly in on private jets to talk about how much you need to stop doing exactly what they are doing more and more. That is using fossil fuels. And if you don't stop doing that, everybody dies in 12 years or eight years, depending on which congressman you talk to. Now, I've reported on this before, and it's very important that you hear this. Climate alarmism is, again, this tool of government to take more control from your life. I have reported on this before, but it bears repeating right now because this is nothing new. In fact, I've got articles to prove it to you. This is from the New York Times, Sunday, August 10th, 1969. The title of the article, 1969, Foe of Pollution Sees Lack of Time. Now, the fountainhead of all of this climate alarmism is a guy named Paul R. Ehrlich. Sorry. He is a professor at Stanford University, and he talked about this in 1969. Look what this quote from him says in this article from the New York Times. Quote, we must realize that unless we are extremely lucky, everybody will disappear in a cloud of blue steam in 20 years. <laughs> That's not the only one. I'll give you another example. Uh, this is another article from the New York Times. Dire famine forecast by 1975. And this is, again, Los Angeles. It's already too late for the world to avoid a long period of famine, a Stanford, Stanford University biologist, that's Paul Ehrlich, said on Thursday. Time of famine is upon us and will be the worst and most disastrous since 1975. Uh, yeah, he said the population of the United States is already too big. This is a common common argument of the climate alarmists. Too many people, too many people. <laughs> Birth control may have to be accomplished by making it involuntary <laughs> and putting sterilizing agents into staple foods and drinking water and that the Roman Catholic Church should be pressured into going along with it. I mean, this is insanity that has been in, in place in the culture uh, for 40, 50 years. This is from the Boston Globe. Look at this article. Uh, scientists predicts a new ice age by the 21st century. This is an article from 1970. Quote, air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. So I guess it's supposed to happen any time now. The article goes on. The demands for cooling water will boil dry the entire flow of the rivers and streams on the continental U uh, United States. I, this is nothing new. Climate alarmism, climate alarmism, arm, alarmism from 1970, uh, what is this? 1971. 
Quote, title of the article, U.S. scientist sees new ice age coming. So it's supposed to get cooler, but it's actually getting warmer. They, they just go back and forth. This is from The Independent in 2004. Why Antarctica will soon be the only place to live, literally. <laughs> okay. And this is from The Guardian in uh, 2000 and, what is that, 2013. Ice-free Arctic in two years heralds methane catastrophe dash scientist Explains. I mean, this is nothing new. Climate alarmism, climate alarmism, climate alarmism. And, you know, they've been doing this for 50, 60 years, and we've only got so much time left. And mind you, none of their predictions have come true. None of them. Like, this is why you've got to <laughs> fact check the fact checkers because the circus is there to distract you from the fact that they aren't giving you the facts. So Biden was at the G, uh, the COP26 uh, climate, climate Summit last week, and, and he said these words, climate change is the existential threat of our time. You know, he said, climate change is ravaging the world, and then he closed his speech by saying, God save the planet. And the chairman of the event called for the end of all drilling, mining, and digging. Why? He said, because we are digging our own graves. Man, these guys are just sunshine on our days aren't they <laughs> all this has led to a ton of fear in the country as 70 percent of americans are experiencing climate change anxiety and depression the london times reports that one in seven people under the age of 35 have decided not to have kids because of climate fears and overpopulation fears overpopulation now i already referenced that let me show you a graphic this is a, a, a graphic that I found online about the global population density. Just look at this. This You could probably see the outline of the continents there on the screen, but you can also see that there's a lot of stinking land left concerning where the people are living and where they're not living. Like, look at the central areas of South America, even the central areas of North America. Now, I understand this is Hara and the central north central areas of uh, Africa. It's inclement weather. You can't live there, but South Africa, Southern Africa, Southern Western Africa, uh, Australia is basically completely empty. No wonder why they can lock everybody down and treat them like prisoners. There's <laughs> hardly anybody there. But this is the world global population density. And if you listen to the fear-mongering climate alarmists, they'll have you convinced that the world is too populated. No, it's not too populated. It is too populated where they all live, in the city centers and in the universities where they all get to echo chamber each other about how we're going to die in 12 years. Yeah, it's too populated in New York City in the 2 by 12 mile section of that one small area of New York where, where 11 million people live. Yeah, I agree. It's too populated there. But this is the heart of man, right? This is the heart of man from Genesis chapter 11. What do they do? Mankind doesn't disperse as God said to. Mankind coagulates around one central location, tries to build a tower up to the heavens. That's what every city has been doing since the dawn of time. Trying to tell God that we can do it on our own and you don't need to be part of our lives anymore. And that's why I told my church a few weeks ago, watch out for the disillusionment that the city is going to put on you and your children. Watch out for what you do with the education of your children. Because, because these, these cities have ultimately become the echo chambers of alarmism about a reality that, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, um, our government can do nothing about. But before we get to that fact, let me just tell you that the climate alarmism was so, so uh, alarming that our president slept through it. 
is a picture of him sleeping at the, at the summit. Oh, and just in case you were wondering, the New York Times actually had the honesty to admit in their in their uh, journalism that the climate summit's own carbon footprint will be substantial. Not just substantial. It was actually double the previous year's summit. So all the people gathered in Glasgow, Scotland, who are lecturing you about the fact that you need to change your lifestyle or the earth is going to burn up in the next eight years are not even following their own belief system. In fact, they're going in the opposite direction. And as a taxpayer, that should alert you. It should also tick you off. The governments of this world distract you with the circus, give you more money as prices rise and hurt the poor so that they can invade more and more of your life. Now, I do want to, again, pastorally guide you here because there is such a thing as climate change and there is, newsflash, a cataclysmic climate disaster that our world, and not just our world, but our universe is headed for. Only it's not caused by us. It's caused by God. I bring you to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burnt up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be what? Set on fire and dissolved. And the heavenly bodies, that's the solar system, the planets, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting mm, for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness, and guess what? In which truth dwells. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the scriptures to bear witness to the reality that perhaps the climate is going to fluctuate drastically before the time of Jesus' return. And maybe some of the science is right. But it's just pointing to what Peter talked about 2,000 years ago. That this is going to happen. God already put this on the calendar. And so because it's already there, what kind of people should you be? Notice he doesn't say fearful and trusting in the government. No, he says what? Holy, godly. It's time for the church to disconnect from the alarmists of our age and reconnect with the one thing that you should be alarmed about. That is the judgment of God. The judgment that is coming upon the church first and then the world later. And I mean by the church is that God is going to cleanse and purify his church more and more as the day approaches. In fact, Jesus said that in Matthew 24. As the increase in lawlessness abounds, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, there's going to be a great sifting of the church. The closer we get to Jesus' return. I've seen that during COVID. I've seen that during these last 20 months. And this climate alarmism stuff, this is also going to divide the church. And it is a fool's errand, ladies and gentlemen, for us to think that we little bitsy humans can stop what God has already put on the calendar in the scriptures. No, no, no. This stuff is a wake-up call to our faith. This is a wake-up call to our spirits. To be people of God, holy, righteous. And notice he says, hastening that day. How do we hasten that day? We share our faith. 
we spread the gospel because the last time, I'm sorry, because when the last person hears the gospel, Jesus is coming. Second Peter 3 continues, verse 14, saying, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found by him without a spot or blemish and at peace. In other words, for the Christian with faith in the calendar that God has established, there is no fear. Why? Because God is sovereign. God is sovereign. I'm sorry if I spelled that wrong, but he's sovereign. <laughs> you can have peace. And I want to tell you how to get it. I want to tell you how to get it. You know how you get it? Here's how you get it. You go to the deep dive Bible study tomorrow night with me because guess where we are headed? We are headed to Romans chapter five. And Romans chapter five says that we have peace with God. And that's the peace that you need that surpasses any other peace in this world. The formula is simple. If you got peace with God, you can have peace anywhere else. So tune in tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Hey, if you've liked this content, like the video. And if you like the content, subscribe. Give the beard some love. And also, click the notification bell right below me so that you can get notified on your uh, smart device whenever the deep end goes live, whenever the deep dive goes live, and whenever 10 Questions with Tim goes live. It is an absolute honor to have had you guys here tonight on the deep end, make sure that you are always at youtube.com slash Tim Hatch Live. Make sure that you are liking our so and following our social media uh, channels. They're always at or forward slash Tim Hatch Live. And if you would be so willing to support the channel and check us out over on Rumble so that when, when I discuss the fact that climate change is God's idea and YouTube decides to... Uh, censor me and uh you know whatever de-platform me that would already have a platform up and running so support the channel if you can through the cash app or through timhatchlive.com slash support and i thank you for being here and i look forward to seeing you next time on no i look forward to seeing you tomorrow night on the deep dive god bless you guys